Hello and welcome to a brand new, no, the power's not out of my house, Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by Coronation.com, part of the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm back. It's been 11 years, it feels like, since I sat in this chair and talked with this guy. Uh, anyway, I'm Greg Mahochko, but man, our founder and fearless leader is here, as always, he is the stable force of Corn Nation, the glue that holds us all together. He is the syrup on our pancakes, John Damn Justin. Okay. <laughs> John, uh, since I, I went there, uh, what's the best part of, of pancakes for you? I was all I was all prepared to be asked, "How are you doing?" You come up with this freaking pancake thing. <laughs> the hell, man! Well, it's it's a it's a natural segue into uh, we can talk about the gentleman who had to spend what seventeen hours or whatever in a Waffle House. Oh God, that was why would anybody do that? Uh, they lost my favorite bet. part of the pancakes. You know, I here's the thing with me and food. I enjoy good food, but I don't. It's just I have to eat it because my body requires it for sustenance. Sentence. I don't like get all excited about it much anymore because right now I'm trying to figure out the best way that I can be the most healthy with the most energy and keep my uh, my brain injury from overwhelming me with headache. So I am I am experimenting on my own diet and uh, that involves different types of proteins and and I should be having more smoothies with things and chia seeds and hemp seeds and this sounds terrible, doesn't it? No, it's fine. Uh, no, we, this is where you ask me how I am. How are you? <laughs> that was so hard. <laughs> That's what she I said. I am so mentally fried <laughs> that uh, I might as well be drunk and stoned out of my mind. Uh, the last two days I've had severe server crashes at a organization that uh, have taken – that I repaired. Me, I did. But they exhausted me because the stress was so high, and I don't do that well with this stuff. So uh, I'm going to just switch to a different accent so I don't sound like so much of a drunk person slurring my words. It'd I'm, just be naturally slurring with how I'm talking. I'm really excited because you gave up drinking last year. So this might be like the closest we've had to like old John in a while. Remember, I can't remember anything I just said. <laughs> no, when you just get re- well, I was gonna say when you get really hostile, but that's you know that's just a Wednesday. <laughs> that is true. That is true. <laughs> so uh, I, I got I am- really hostile with my colleagues. You've got to. Well, I did. Yes, I did. I we were on Zoom calls sometimes, and and I <laughs> at one point I I got up and I walked outside so they couldn't hear me, and I I swore a lot, and then I came back in and I was fine. I feel like uh, you being hostile on Zoom calls is just that—that that should be on the bottom of your business card, whether it's whether it's your day job or or the, the website. John Johnston, I'm hostile on Zoom calls. Well, the the one guy, one guy had this like he's sitting in his home office, right, and he has a window beside him, and there's a long tube leading up to the window, and I said, "Hey, what the hell are you doing with that tube thing? Are you going to attach your car?" 
to a hose, you know, your car muffler to a hose and into your window or what the hell, man. And uh, the other people on the Zoom call thought I was a little rude with that. And I just thought, well, it was kind of a joke. Okay. It, was what, it, what else it, is going on? Was it a hamster tube? I feel like it probably was a hamster tube. No. It was apparently a, a single room air conditioner where you mm. put a, instead of putting the air conditioner in the window, yeah. like the old trailer houses you used to live in. <laughs> I had a, one of those window unit air conditioners, sir, and it was in an apartment, not in a trailer. Thank you. <laughs> How dare you? So, can, we, can we talk you know, about that? Reminds <laughs> me of a story. Do you want a story about trailers? Hell yeah. I, I, but I, I am <laughs> really debating on like turning the light on because I feel like I'm weirding people out. But when I turn the no, light it's on. Okay. Okay. It's okay. Because then you'll be just white and ghosty. We do need to explain <laughs> why, uh, due to the what is usually abysmal. Uh, re- it, it's regularly bad, but this week the lighting was particularly abysmal, and it looked like I was just uh, all white with a couple little 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 dark dots in, in my goatee, and John was creeped out. Uh, so we decided to make it less creepy by turning out the lights. You can put a flashlight up next to your head. Okay, so years ago, I was working with this school district, and uh, the, we were at this banquet, and this woman explained that she had moved from, I think, South Carolina or North Carolina. That's kind of weird. And she had moved from North Carolina and South Carolina, and I asked, well, what did you do there? And she said she worked for a real estate company. And I said, oh, really? And, and what did you do? And she goes, well, I was the one that usually took the call from people that wanted to sell their, their house. And I said, well, what was your biggest challenge in your job? Because, you know, I'm a good interviewer, even in real life. And she looked at me and she says, well, the hardest part was to figure out whether they were actually talking about a house or a mobile home. (laughs) I said, they they didn't know the difference. And she goes, no, normally what I had to do is ask them, does your house have axles? <laughs> did, your, did your house get to its location by being driven down the highway? And that was a real that was something real that happened. Okay, what what are we going? What are we doing? What are we talking about? I'm glad you asked. Uh I want to save <clears throat> Well, let, let's just jump into it, John. Uh did you know that Taylor Martinez was out at the College World Series this weekend? I saw that he was out at the College World Series. That is impressive. I hear that he's their starting quarterback again this fall. That's right. Uh, of course, a little tongue-in-cheek. If you don't know uh, ESPN, uh, erroneously, good word, uh, said Husker quarterback Taylor Martinez was actually Adrian Martinez. And <laughs> Adrian uh, saw the tweet, quoted it, whatever, and quickly deleted it. But he said, well, I guess my name's Taylor now. <laughs> so he was in on the joke. He, I don't think he took it too seriously. But uh, uh, I mean, you, you got that guy can't take anything seriously. I mean, we beat him up so much over the past three years. Yeah. I suppose a lot of people would say rightfully so. But yeah, I can't imagine what it'd be like to be 20 years old, be the starting quarterback of the Nebraska Cornhuskers and put up with, you know, seeing your name in the paper and your name on the radio and. You know, and I've been dealing with all this stuff and then have a team that's uh, not really the best around you either. So 
uh, I guess he's got a hell of a mental constitution. I'll say that for him. And I hope he, I hope he comes out this fall and has like a Heisman year. He's due. You know, I think there were, uh, uh, a lot of expectations his second year, you know, when he was preseason Heisman candidate, you know, things like that. Uh, and I don't want to say that his legacy is tied with Scott Frost or vice versa, but they've both been bit, you know, in their careers at Nebraska by some unfortunate circumstances. You know, uh, even on on Adrian's side, yeah, he didn't have that career opening game uh, against uh, uh, Akron or whatever. Uh, but in in the his first career game against Colorado, they wrench his knee and he misses a bunch of time, gets uh, uh, injured in the second season, um, in his his sophomore season, and then at the third season, uh, you know his. his I guess consistency, his play uh, declines a little bit. He gets actually benched for uh, Luke McCaffrey, and then you know they switch places the next week. So, and and that of course was a, a shortened season uh, due to the pandemic. So, I'm really hoping that in year four, for both both men, you know, obviously Adrian and Scott, that everything gets it, it all comes together. Um, you know, I think. There was recent uh, a quote from the uh, receivers coach saying that uh, you know the receiving room is chock full, and a uh, we just had a commit here in the last couple of days uh, from I believe Colorado Springs. Forgive me, I, I don't recall the name, but <clears throat> he plays you know in high school. You, you see it obviously more often than in college, where he plays uh, I think receiver and defensive back, and uh, probably going to be. When he gets on campus, probably going to be on the defensive side of the ball because that, uh, depending on what happens between now and, and a year from now, uh, attrition and things like that. But that there is a, a ton of, of talent in that receivers room, and, and I guess uh, uh, you know the, the kid from Montana uh, might be his. He might be a one and done type of year, um, you know. So so. Amore Torre. Thank you. Uh, so there, there will be some spots, but, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's, it's stacked. And, and so I'm hoping that everything comes together for the offense, uh, this year, kind of like, I think a lot of people would agree it did for the defense, uh, last year. Well, I damn well better come together in some way, shape or form this year, because, uh, you know, I did this article on today that, uh, does it is Nebraska football fan interested at all time low? And I got we got a lot of comments. We got them on Twitter and we got a lot of comments on the article on the website. There's some on Facebook I as think, well. I, I was going to bring that article up, John. That was a, a, a great off season topic. You know that that's relevant. Um, consensus based on what you saw, the, some of the feedback. I'd say people are. There's two things. I'd say people are really in wait and see mode. I mean, in the past, it was it was always interesting that we'd have all these off-season articles where people were, uh, you know, the, the excited. We have the best players ever. You know, coaches always say that shit because they have to. But uh, I think people in the last years, you, they drank the Kool-Aid. They, you know, Scott Frost came in and everybody expected big things right away. And we didn't have big things right away. And uh, I think people... People are pretty much just like you know what I'm. I I'll I'll watch. I'm not going to not watch, but I'm not going to care either. 
there were so many people that said, I'm not going to let it ruin my day anymore. Yeah. And if they're losing and they're playing badly, I'm just going to shut it off and go do something else. When I don't think you'd see that at all in the past. So no, I, I don't. And <laughs> he needs to, he needs the we got to fuck the bowl game shit. Okay. This, we got to go to a bowl game. That should be like the minimum requirement for survival. Right. And I'm not talking about surviving, firing Scott Foss. When I'm talking about survival of the fan base that gives a shit at all. You know, if you get to a bowl game and it's like the Music City Bowl, what do you fucking do? That's what you're expected to do, at least. He asked because the problem isn't us. The problem isn't you and me. And the problem isn't coordination. Problem is a lot of people in Nebraska rely on this stuff. Sure. You know, you got the media out there trying to sell papers or whatever they sell now. You got people trying to sell beer and bars and they don't want it to be sad beer. It's more fun when it's happy beer. Of course it is. Yeah. Right. You got guys selling T-shirts and balloons and all this stuff. And you hate to put all this stuff on Scott Frost, but he gets paid five, seven million dollars a year. That's what he signed up for. So get your ass in gear and start winning games. Figure out how to win a game in June. You got three or four days left, you son of a bitch. Do you do you think that in in a in a place like Nebraska or in Alabama, um, I'm trying to think where else where the 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 college team is in and Alabama's you know they've got two they've got Auburn of course as well, uh, but where college football is the game in town. Um, I'm trying to think of other places right now off the top of my head. It's not, you know, I, I can't say Georgia. I can't say Ohio state. Um, you know, but, uh, I, you know, you could be like, uh, Mississippi state or, or, you know, places like that where, where do you think that a, when a coach like, like I'll use Scott Frost, when he took that job it, and obviously we've talked for, I have no idea what I just pressed, uh, for a couple of years about not recognizing the or or not knowing the the lows of the low where the program was after three years of Mike Riley. Do you think that he was just taking a, in his mind? Do you think that he thought he was just taking a, a football job or do you think because of, of his, you know, the hometown boy status, the, the national champion uh, quarterback status, the lifeblood of the state, do you, think that he recognized the the bigger impact of his role on the the state you know, mental state uh, hey, he was we, well aware of it but do you think he that was, he do you he think was, that, he I, was hated when he left for stanford mm-hmm. hated and he was booed when he came back to nebraska and he basically proved i mean it, i don't think there's a guy that understands what that means more than anybody else and on this whole no, planet no but but do you think it, in his consideration of taking the job or not taking the job, do you think he was uh, thinking about the local economy at the Haymarket or the the guy no. selling you know shirts and oh. or, or beers? So so it, it is it is a lot uh, uh, to you know weigh on him and and you know there there's always been that talk. I mean I'm considerably younger than you, uh, <laughs> but but there's always that what? talk. Uh, about you know like the the uh, president of the United States on inauguration day versus like the end of their four years or eight years and how it ages them, but you can see like Scott. I mean, he's still like like, like he's a lot better shape than than uh, me. Not you, John, because you're 
uh, built out of out of God fashioned you out of marble uh, and granite itself. But certainly he's in better shape than me. But you can see it; uh, it's aging him a little bit in the face. I think. Was there a question there? My God, man! <laughs> What's the consensus of the family? No, <laughs> no um, it did. I, I I saw some of those reactions as well, and some of them were wait and see. Some of them were like uh, not not less interested, more frustrated. You know, it, and yeah. but I've been saying this, and, and I. I, I hate, I, I don't hate bringing him up, but I hate bringing up the circumstances of, you know, like when we lost Brian and, and I, I've, I've said it before that, you know, like there's more to life than football. Yes. Even in Nebraska, but like, but if it's an 11 o'clock game and it's a, a rolling turd, uh, then I can't, you know, I can't let that outcome of that game affect, you know, how I, how I am the rest of the day, the weekend, things like that. Cause that's not fair, uh, to him. Uh, or my wife, obviously. But uh, so, speak of the devil, literally. Uh. Oh, you need to grow up. They need to grow up traumatized by something. For God's <laughs> sakes, how are they going to live through How are they going to get through life? You don't experience some kinds of trauma and fight your way through it. Go back and watch a cartoon. No. Yes. No. Or you can go to bed. No. Oh, get out. I told you. Wow. Go. We're gonna, I'm going to have to shut this whole thing down if you don't go back. We'll turn off all your cartoons. You know, I'm going to have to, you're, you're giving me more work because I have to edit all of this out now. <laughs> I don't have the energy to edit all that up, John. All right. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Our listenership is pretty bad right now because uh, nobody cared. That gets us back to the, the topic. I, I will say this. I'm going to do a YouTube video. I have some YouTube videos I'd like to get to when I'm not completely freaking fried out of my gourd. By people blowing shit up. Uh, but uh, one of those videos is, uh, should coaches ever come home to coach? And I think that, I think that if, you know, you always see these guys like, I'd love to go back to my alma mater. What, are you the dumbest shit alive? You know, I get it. Would it be special? I imagine that for Dave Van Horn at Arkansas, it's pretty special to be coaching the Arkansas sure. Razorbacks. Probably not. You know, low, kind of not a high profile. It is an Arkansas, Arkansas baseball. It, you know, it is a big deal to those people, but it's not football. You know, it's not right. like drive up to your house and your car's on fire type shit. What happens in football sometimes? And, that's and, a metaphor. Yeah. So but, that, that's a, that's a great content, uh, you know, because you got the Scott Frost, Jim Harbaugh is the same situation. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, uh, high expectations because of, you know, certainly what he did at Stanford as well as what he did with, uh, you know, the 49ers and, and leading them to a Super Bowl. It just hasn't clicked in Ann Arbor. Uh, and I'm fine with that because I don't care for Michigan or, uh, Jim Harbaugh. The only time. Well, I- let's be honest. Jim Harbaugh is a, a pretty good coach. I mean, he, he has had good football teams. He just hasn't beat Ohio State. You know, and he he loses to Michigan State. He loses to the teams you can't lose to and make everybody happy. Otherwise, Jim Harbaugh, he's kind of a flaky guy. Nobody would give a shit. If you beat Ohio State one time in the next three years, nobody would give it. All the Jim Harbaugh is a flaky guy shit would just be washed down in the bathwater and pulled the drain, and it's gone, at least for a while. You know, other other. Coaches who went home, in a sense, old Bull Pelini at Youngstown State. 
Cardinal Mooney right there in uh, Youngstown, Ohio. Now, he didn't play his college ball there, but he's right. from there, and uh, we right. all know how that went. Yep. So, but yeah. I think I think the thing, the gist of it is this: when you come home, you don't know you you have a lot of baggage you carry with you, mm-hmm. and the, the yeah here I'll do this. I swear a lot, but I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna use a biblical reference. What happened to Jesus Christ when he came back to his hometown? Oh, because yeah. that's always what I think about about when I think about people going home to do something. I think that Jesus Christ was not accepted as a savior or Messiah in his own hometown. Why? Because the people knew him and they looked at him and said, you can't be that great. We knew he was a little kid, which kind of implicates he was a hellion. I'm sure we you could have long arguments about that. And yeah, I could the, do it even being not stoned or drunk. There, there's I'm old, just there. I, I don't want to call it a, a proverb or a cliche, but there's definitely a, that, that, uh, statement of, uh, you know, prophets can't do their thing in in their hometown. You know, uh, Jesus uh, obviously, uh, but Old Testament guys as well. So, yeah, uh, you're always you always run out of your hometown eventually. We hope that it doesn't happen for Scott Frost. We we really do. We yeah, you carry your four, baggage. Yeah, you bring baggage with you, and it's also there for you when you get there. Yeah. So I think Scott Frost is taking him extra time. Yeah, because he's got to work through a lot of this baggage. He also has a seven-year contract. doesn't matter if he's successful in the first three years, if he doesn't get what he wants out of it. I mean, I, there were a lot of times we did this podcast with Cameron Jurgens, especially during the 220 season, where I said, he's looking at these, he's playing these games like it's a practice, mm-hmm. where he just mm-hmm. is letting Cameron Jurgens make mistakes. Right. And he knows he doesn't have to win games right now, but Cam Jurgens is screwing up and screwing up and screwing up. And you're going to have to get through a certain amount of screw up before you come become really good, and uh, that that is one guy that, that this team really, you know, I think that if you go back on weight on uh, Adrian Martinez, which is what we started with, weight on Scott Frost, there's got to be a shit ton of weight on Cam Jurgens too, because the first snaps of the season and he gets them if they're flying up in the air. <laughs> the TVs are going to be turning off all over the place. People are just going to go, I'm not watching this shit over again. So I know you don't so, have a crystal ball, John, but if you had to, if you had a hundred dollars that you had to give to a bookie, like you have to, there's no, no way around it. Do you say that Jurgen sales, the, the, you know, struggles out of the gate in that first game or do you th- uh, against Illinois, or do you think he's got it under control? I say he's got it under control. So do I. I think we're going to beat the living shit out of Illinois. Oh, I hope so. We got a lot of time yet to, to prepare for that one. I, I'm a homer, so, you know, this is how I have to live. Hey, no, that's perfect. <laughs> like I wrote in the article, eternally optimistic and always disappointed. John, that, that I'm I'm touched that you finally chose uh, the, the light, the positive side, because for a long time you were just coming on here, you were angry. And 2020 was the year that you were supposed to be positive, and then March of 2020 happened, and and well, uh, I quit drinking, Greg. What do you want from me? You're much be- you're much happier now. I'll say, that. am uh, I? Yeah, I th- eh, grain of salt. <laughs> uh, well, let, let's move uh, up the road uh, 45 minutes from Lincoln, Omaha, where the College World Series is taking place, and it's going to a decisive uh, Friday night game, and and that will be. Uh, Vanderbilt and that other team uh, after (laughs) Vanderbilt scores two in the bottom of the ninth to tie and then take the lead on a, on a 
I don't know if his base is loaded, but I think it was bases loaded, uh, wild pitch, and the guy scores standing up, which shows me two things. Two things. That's a very deep uh, back. Uh, I can you know backstop. Backstop. Thank you. Uh, I was like backboard. That's not right. That's a different sport. <laughs> but that's a very deep backstop, and uh, uh, Vanderbilt's Vanderbilt's going to win this thing. I have not paid one single day. I don't even know what's going on in the College World Series. Do you know why, Craig? Because Nebraska's not in it? No, I'm not there either. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I was kind of – I was upset. Well, I was really upset by it last year. But this year I was kind of like, ah, shit. Because they weren't giving many credentials out. So I decided I wouldn't even try. Let other people have that place. So – is it, it, it where is it down to nothing? I mean, it's down to Vandy and them shit balls from Texas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I say that purely out of speculation because I haven't been following it either. I just saw the clip as it got shared in our Slack chat room last night, and I said, "Well, that's it. One way to win a game when everything's on the line, <laughs> two outs, and uh, I think they were uh, two outs and and maybe one or two on when." When Vanderbilt start their, uh, started their little rally, so uh, props to them. I, as far as SEC teams go, I think I dislike Vanderbilt the least. So uh, if they were to take the crown, I'd be okay with it. Go Doors, go Commodores. Um, now what I like to see was that there were a fair amount of uh, folks in the stands for college yeah. baseball. So I, I, I feel like we're getting there. You know, we're we're. Some of my friends in Omaha posted photos along with the rejoicing that they were able to go back to the College World Series. So, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm glad that they're having fun. <laughs> and and you're cursing them under your breath. That I, that I wasn't there. It's like, I'm really <laughs> glad they're having a fun time. Java, <laughs> getting out with a crowd, you fucking bastard. <laughs> Hope you had a premium parkage, but... So wouldn't wouldn't that have been one to like try to sneak out at the eighth inning, <laughs> beat the beat the rush? Uh, so let's let's talk about we're we're already going probably farther than we wanted to go, and so this will be our last topic of the week, and that is the United States Supreme United the United States Supreme Court ruled uh, kind of against the old NC two A this week, John, in regards to amateurism. In college athletics, uh, pretty landmark decision. Honestly, it destroys college football as we know it. Just like name, image, and likeness, mm-hmm. college football will never be the same and not worth watching. So I don't know why we bother. Maybe we should just shut down the podcast and never do it again. Screw everything. Anyway, I, I do think it's it's going to be. Yeah, I mean, it was nine to nothing. You know, it was unanimous, and uh, they did. Let's, uh, let's, there was a we, Justice Kavanaugh issued some things about uh, the NCAA where he stomped them into the ground. Can we just talk about that real quick? I mean, talk about unification. Who would have thought that it was the uh, outdated, uh, backhanded dealings of the NCAA that would get justices with two different letters behind their names? Because you know, or or at least let's let's rephrase with. Uh, two different letters behind the names of people who appoint them to these positions to come together in unity to strike down the NCAA 
with uh, uh, God's vengeful hammer. You know what's happened my entire life? What? One consistent thing that, that has happened with regards to the Supreme Court. Every time there's a new Supreme Court justice up to be picked and be ratified or whatever the hell they do with Supreme Court justice, the, the screaming, literally since I have been a teenager and been able to remember any of this shit, has been, this is the end of democracy if that guy gets elected. This guy is going to overturn Roe versus Wade. This guy is going to take away our guns. This guy is going to, the world's going to end if this guy gets elected to the Supreme Court. And then the guy gets elected to the Supreme Court and we really, nothing made, nothing happens because they're judges. They're not politicians. They're judges. That's what they do. They interpret the law, especially at the highest level in the land. Yeah. But it, it amazes me that we we constantly you I mean if you're my age and you don't recognize that this is what we do every time with the Supreme Court justice and you get up you set your hair on fire and shit your pants and run around screaming uh, you're kind of a dumb person they they did they came unanimously and uh, it is going to be a big huge pendulum it's going to have a huge now here is the NCAA statement. While today's decision preserves the lower court ruling, it also affirms the NCAA's authority to adopt reasonable rules and repeatedly notes that the NCAA remains free to articulate what are and what are not truly educational benefits consistent with the NCAA's mission to support student athletes. Even though the decision does not directly address name, image, and likeness, the NCAA remains committed to supporting nil benefits for students. Additionally, we remain committed to working with Congress to chart a path forward, a path forward, not a path forward, which is a point the Supreme Court expressly stated in its ruling. Uh, and it's not that it. Oh, that's Mark Emmert, the guy that got uh, his contract renewed. Yeah. There's yeah. a few things about this. Number one, he brings up Congress. Why does he bring up Congress? Because he knows those shitballs are going to take forever to do anything. We Nebraska, we are what? We are one week away, little one day over one week away from Nebraska's nil law going into effect, mm-hmm. which means that athletes could start doing name, making money off name, image, and likeness on July 1st. They probably won't do that because the NCAA hasn't moved an inch. And they won't do that because Congress moving an inch for them takes them some kind of monumental. And well, I guess it takes us shit tons of money flowing into them before they'll do anything. So basically, Mark Emmert says, we're not doing shit until Congress does. And he knows that'll take forever. So really, does this crush student athlete, you know, the student athlete concept? Yeah, it kind of does. Does it crush amateurism as we know it? Yeah, it kind of does. What happens next? Not a damn thing, because these are bureaucrats, and it takes them forever to 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 pee. I don't know. So, I, I, well, let's talk about that real quick, because now that you laid it out the way you did, you know, uh, Nebraska's unicameral uh, voted for in, in favor of NIL. Obviously, you mentioned July first, which we're coming up on, you know, a week from now. California, I think, has also set uh, uh, some wheels in motion uh, for NIL out there. 
I don't know if there are other states. There might be. It it doesn't matter. But to your point, it's like eighteen of them. Okay, well, all right, and and sixteen <laughs> and sixteen other states or eighteen, whatever. Uh, uh, but to your point, the way the NCAA moves and the way Washington moves, because there's a lot of bureaucratic red tape. Uh, do you think that all these states are? I, I'm gonna try to do this in in a gross generalization. So I apologize. Uh, I I do think that at least some of them or, or some of the state legislators have some genuine uh, you know thoughts and feelings and and reasons behind things. But when you can say. Well, Nebraska, California, 18 other states, whatever it is, we're, you know, here in Nebraska, we love NIL, but it's those shitbags in the NCAA who are working with those even bigger bags in Washington that, you know, that's, we can only do so much. We're ready as soon as they're ready. Come on to Lincoln or come on to uh, USC or something like that. You know, um, do you think it's a gimmick? Or you know, to like a, a a a bigger bubble like recruiting gimmick, or do you think that you know there's some uh, sincerity behind it as far as getting these kids paid? Well, I think there. I think that if you're in a state that doesn't have a mill on, you expect to actually recruit athletes. You better get your ass moving because other people are. So I mean, you or you already got bagmen. Like, so it's kind of like. People always point out, well, Nebraska had the strength advantage for a long time. Okay, what's your next advantage going to be? It's going to be understanding how to execute this properly. And Nebraska's way ahead of everybody else on this. So if you're one of those states that's sitting around and doesn't think it's important, well, get caught behind the curve. Maybe you don't give a shit about college athletics. I don't know. But I think the thing is, is really when you look at this, We've done this for a hundred, what, a hundred years now where we've had college athletes that have never been paid. And right. now there's tons of money in this. And, and yes, they get compensated with a free tuition, although not all of them do. And that's a cop out for a lot of people, as Todd likes to bring up baseball players. A lot of those don't get full sure. scholarships. In fact, most of the athletes on other teams besides men's football and basketball. Don't get full ride scholarships at all. So in Lexi's son keeps coming up in this for me because in, and she should because Nebraska volleyball is a special sport. We support the hell out of it. They're excellent. And Lexi's son is a walking goddess. And if there's anybody that can make a shit ton of money off her name, image and likeness as a college ex- athlete, it is Lexi's son and Lawrence Stiverns. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, Think about and, Michaela Fecky. If they'd have been able to sell T-shirts saying "You got Fecky," I'd buy that. I'd buy that in a heartbeat, right? Yeah. So it's not just about football. It, and yeah, I think it is. It's, I, you know, I. It's my it, favorite it, phrase lately has been, uh, "There's nothing so powerful as the idea whose time has come." And this idea's time has come. Right. And the only problem with executing it is people like Mark Emmert, they're just going to sit on their ass because that's their job is to sit on their ass. And people in Congress who sit on their ass because they don't move until somebody pays them to move. It's not out of some kind of, oh, we should help people. They (laughs) say that, but they're full of shit. I want to add another famous uh, quote on on with yours. Uh, It's it's something, 
it's something along the lines of, you know, the, the most dangerous phrase in, in the English language is, uh, and then this quote, uh, it's, well, well, that's the way it's always been done, you know? Um, and, and that was, I, I might get this wrong, but I'm pretty sure I got it right. Rear Admiral Grace Hopper. So, and she was instrumental in, uh, uh, in computers, as we know, you probably knew that, John, with all of the, the work you do in, in technology. Now, here's the question. You're probably impressed that I knew that. No. Oh. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. I'm not done ranting about this NCAA nil Supreme Court justice shit well, yet. And, 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 and to your point. I want to uh, point something out, Greg. Uh, I, I do, too. Mine's much shorter. What? Mine's Go ahead. You, you talked about the the special, you know, the uniqueness of uh, Nebraska volleyball, and that's self-sustaining. One of the few women's college athletic programs in the country that you know pays its own way. Essentially, you know, they're not one of those that they're they're not on the ledger book of the football or men's basketball program. That's they make money. They came out with. They recently came out with and are moving forward. With a twelve-team college uh, playoff format, right? Mm-hmm. That's the college football playoff committee. They, the, the 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 NCAA does not own the college football playoffs. Well, the college football playoff people—they're coming up with, hey, we don't—we want to get away from the four-team thing and we want to expand the twelve. Now, these guys are looking at in relative fast terms when it comes to bureaucracy, and why are they doing this? Why is Congress sitting there doing nothing? Why is Mark Emmert and the NCAA doing nothing? But these guys who run the college football playoff committee are moving like, that's exactly it. They're moving like they got to get to the bathroom before they poop their pants. (laughs) Why? Because they're carrying bags of money. They will have bags of money they can carry to the bank. Yep. Literally just put in their car cash, big hefty bags, and not even care about the bills that fall out on the way there. That's why they're moving. Yeah. If Mark Emmert looked at this and said, well, if we pass nil, the NCAA will get another $4 billion a year and I'll get another million dollar salary, that son of a bitch would pass this tomorrow. So, you know, do we care about student athletes and their welfare? Blah, 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 whatever. That's all bullshit. We know this now. And uh, do we care about their health and their welfare and their safety? I, I think that's all been shit out the window over this pandemic in the past <laughs> two years. Do we care yeah. about gobs of money? Yeah, obviously. It's been also, you know, you can look at the way they handled the tournaments, the women's tournaments, the golf, the golf at LSU that was canceled because the field wasn't playable and they didn't even get to play that round of the NCAA oh, tournament. Wow. You know, the women's basketball stuff, the women's uh, college world series for softball stuff. It This is all about money. Of course. I, I guess it's always been, but a guy like me who I, I like the amateur, they play for the love of the game. I like that idea. I do. I love it. I, I've but got time to pay him. I, I do have a question for you in regards to <clears throat> amateurism or perceived amateurism. Uh, I'll use. The, the example that you mentioned a few minutes ago, Lexi's son, if she I – mean, she's coming back, I believe, right, for, for another year yes. uh, at Nebraska, so which is fantastic news, and, and uh, everybody will be happy to see her and, and healthy uh, and, and, you know, we'll go chase another championship. But <clears throat> under the NIL, if she were to make, 
even 20 bucks. It, and I know it'd be significantly more than that because of Nebraska's rabid volleyball fan base. Does that disqualify her from Olympic prospects? You know, not that I know. Well, because it, no. it wasn't. I, well, and maybe it, you know, since the dream team, you know, and even before that. But I always thought you had to have some type of amateur status in, in the Olympics. But I guess not. No, I mean, if you look at the U.S. like the national team, who's on that? Jordan Larson. Uh, I should know these names. <laughs> but and I guess they <laughs> where just where I'm exhausted. They, Jordan Larson's been on that for a long time. Kelsey Robinson. Mm-hmm. I, I, these are these are young women that also play in uh, professional leagues all over the world. So good point. Well, John, you have had an answer for each one of my inquiries this evening, and I do appreciate you. Do you have any other rants that you want to uh, dispense, disperse among the people this week? <sighs> Maybe something no, about not blowing so. up servers. <laughs> you know. I- Don't work on production servers and make changes when it's the middle of the day. Okay, just don't do that. Why do you do that? Why does anybody do that? I didn't say that. I'll probably get in trouble when somebody hears. What are you bragging on us for? Because you made a fucking change to the production server in the middle of the day and it blew up the whole department. God. (sighs) Anyway. Because you did something stupid. I don't really have anything left. I mean, you know, you can tell that I'm exhausted because my language is... It's not the profanity. I did get an email from a person this week who was very disgusted with my profane mouth. And uh, and he uh, apparently listened to uh, – the email says that he listened to this on Facebook. And I, I don't understand. Maybe he clicked on the Facebook thing where Perhaps. he took it to the article and then he listened to it at Coronation. But he was very upset that I swore – he did the usual thing where he said, uh, you know, people who swear aren't as smart as those people that don't, which is something you hear a lot of time all the time. If you're a person that swears a lot like me, I'm talking while I'm looking for this email. I, I read the email it's as well. ironic. Was... Here's what he said. It's ironic that the subject of the university's fan relations being classy was done using that disgusting choice of words. I have no idea what I said. I hate to see Mr. John Johnston have any connection to representing UNL considering the language he was using. Listen. Point of order. He wanted me to, he wanted me to take this under consideration. And, and here's what I have to say. There's just a group, there's a part of the population who considers profanity part of the language. And I don't, you probably haven't noticed this because you wrote me this email. But there's a lot of younger people that just consider the F word part of language. They don't consider it profanity at all. It's in their culture. It's in their music. It's in their everyday life. It's in their everyday language and how they talk to each other. Fuck you, Tony, is the greatest meme on the Internet. And it wouldn't be fuck you, Tony, if he said screw you, Tony, or fuck you, Tony, or up your ass, Tony. Fuck you, Tony, is specifically funny. Because it's two guys yelling fuck you at each other. <laughs> and if that bothers you, I, you know, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> but there's just some of us who aren't going to treat Nebraska football like a religion. And the podcast should always be marked as explicit. And if you don't want to hear explicit language, don't listen to us. 
And I get the same emails from people that go, you didn't, you don't swear enough. Why are you not swearing anymore? <laughs> Why'd you clean up so, your life, John? I don't, I don't we, mi- we miss old John. <laughs> well, the good news is my, my wife was peering through the door, giving me dirty looks for yelling. Fuck you, Tony. You need to look up the fuck you, Tony. It's hilarious. Hi, Mrs. Coordination. <laughs> I I hope you know how thankful we all are for you. <laughs> you can come in here and show your face. No, we're not worthy. Okay. <laughs> all right. I mean, neither are you. I don't know so. anything else. <laughs> That's all I got. All right, John, what a way to end the show. Thanks for uh, letting me come back. Uh, thanks for am- amending our uh, our recording schedule so that I could uh, be here for a little while and still have some uh, quality time, some QT uh, with my family. Uh, and and we'll we'll try it all again next week and, and see if uh, if the if the stars align, as it were. Uh, in the meantime, well, if you say one more swear word a day, that means I won't have to say that one swear word today. Shit balls. Okay, that's one I don't have to say today. I've said a lot. <laughs> that's just one I can mark off my list. Uh, John, thanks as always, buddy. Uh, uh, great to have you here. Great to have your insight. Uh, for our founder and fearless leader, John Johnston, I'm Greg Mahochko. This is the Five Heart Podcast. Where we remind you, we remind you this week and every week that five heart and it works if you can only see all there's five heart nope that's two five heart it's all the heart you need john go big red